Good afternoon, Redbirds. My name is Andrew Doherty, and I'm the senior news reporter for The Vidette. Today's guest is Illinois State Senator Jason Barrickman, and we'd like to first thank him for taking time out of his busy day to speak with us. Uh, Senator, can you begin by telling our audience a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Andrew, and you know, it's it's great to be, for me, back on the ISU campus. I'm, uh, I grew up on a farm north of Bloomington, about 45 minutes north of Bloomington, a uh, small family farm, came to ISU, actually joined the military and was in the Army National Guard. Um, when I finished my boot camp, I came to the ISU campus as a freshman that started in the spring semester and uh, lived in Watterson my, uh, for two years, in fact. It, one of those years I lived on Van 5, so top floor of uh, Watterson. But uh, graduate of ISU, uh, from ISU I, I worked for uh, almost five years in business, uh, t stopped working, you know, quit working to go back to law school. I did that at the University of Illinois. In between the two, I took a three-month trip to, to South America, one of those put on a backpack, let, let your beard grow. Uh, great experience, but when I came home, uh, University of Illinois uh, Law School, graduated there. Today I'm a, uh, both an attorney, I do real estate uh, work in my law practice, people who buy, sell, build, develop big you know, uh, real estate projects, it tends to be kind of my what I do. Uh, but I also serve in the, in the state senate, I've been in the senate since uh, 2013. And uh, you know it's a it's a phenomenal experience. I represent the campus community here. Um, whether whether the students here uh, vote here, vote for me, or what have you, I you know my job's to vote for them, right? They're my constituents. Uh, we live in town in Bloomington, and uh, married. We got three young children. Our oldest is seven. We got a f seven year old boy, five year old boy, and uh, almost a two year old two year old girl at home. So uh, that's me. Excellent. Well, thank you for that, Senator. Yeah. Um, so the first topic I'd like to discuss is the topic of higher education. Uh, with students struggling to pay for college and leaving with a significant debt burden, uh, what have you and or your colleagues in Springfield plan to do to tackle this issue? Yeah, this is this is an issue that's um, you know starting to get a lot more attention, rightfully so. Uh, for me, you know, representing the campus community, uh, affordability and having a you know a good healthy, thriving Illinois State University, always been a, a very important thing for me. I, I grew up here, I'm an alum, I represent the university. So for, for me, maybe a little different perspective than generally the legislature. Um, but I think the legislature today is, is paying attention to the fact that uh, students care about costs, uh, as do parents, right? Uh, but students care about costs, uh, affordability matters, you know that if you're going to spend tens of thousands or more on a college degree, we want to know that we're going to be able to get a job, you know, at the outcome. Um, and more times than not, recently, I'm, I'm very concerned about the fact that uh, if you're an Illinois high school student, you know, sophomores, juniors, and seniors, more times than ever before, uh, those young people are choosing to go to state or go to school out of state. You know, they're looking at Indiana. You probably have friends, right, that went to Indiana and in Missouri and elsewhere. And so there's a real problem here that I think uh, we've got to address. I think bringing down our costs 
uh, is a critical uh, critical issue that um, has been a difficult one for us to address. Uh, the reality is that our university systems have become very big and expensive, and we need to help them operate more efficiently and bring, bring down some of their costs so that they can deliver that cost savings to students who care about it, right? Uh, so that's absolutely, uh, I think, on the forefront, I would say, of, of my mind. Uh, we're going to go through a tough election cycle here in November. We're all going to reconvene next year. And I, I think this issue of uh, affordability is going to get some attention. I hope that we can come together on some agreements, bipartisan solutions on it. But uh, got to get through the elections and then see where next year uh, begins to begins to go. Excellent. Well, thank you, Senator. Um, now that we just talked about bipartisanship and especially in the climate right now that we currently live in of extreme political partisanship, uh, with both sides demonizing each other and refusing to reach across the aisle, how would you propose we bring back positive and constructive civil discourse? You know, the the public has to demand it, right? So you, you elect um, people to serve in office, and it's very easy. I think in my experience, I've seen that it becomes very easy uh, to become a part of that political system and use the over-the-top rhetoric that really you know doesn't add to the public discourse and it just alienates people and, and shows divisiveness. I think the public has to demand more uh, from their from their lawmakers. And you know I think we need to do more as lawmakers, right? We need to consider the fact that our words have meaning and that if if we're ones who uh, continually convey this hyperpartisan uh, message, that what else can you expect than a public who sees that division and becomes even further paralyzed? Um, from a from a you know what can we do about it um, beyond look at our attitudes and make you know you know better better choices with our words and how we approach things? You know I've I've been very frustrated by Illinois' gerrymandered legislative mapping process. You know the reality is that in Illinois politicians draw the maps. They draw the maps to favor the political party that's in control. They pack all the Democrats in some districts and pack all the Republicans in other districts. The result being partisans are the only ones who are actually casting votes that matter on elections. And you're putting people in the state capitol with a mixed message. You're telling them, on the one hand, we want you to go there we want you to solve problems. We want you to help make our state uh, show progress and advancement. And on the other hand, we're electing you from districts that are gerrymandered to such a degree that it only matters what the Democrats in some districts think and the Republicans in others think. And that sends a mixed message to a legislator. Are they supposed to do what's right or are they supposed to do what's right for their party? And so we could fix that. We could adopt fair maps. We could let computers draw these things. And we could tell the computers, draw some competitive districts, knowing that when there's competitive elections, the people are best served, right? Um, that's a choice that Illinois could make and can make. You know, whoever wins the, this next governor's election gets a say in how those maps are drawn. I'd like to see a governor. Uh, come out and say that they favor fair maps and computerized maps and not some process that is driven just by the politicians who are in charge. Excellent. Thank you. 
<clears throat> now, discussing competitive elections, <laughs> um, <clears throat> this next topic to discuss is the congressional race between incumbent U.S. Congressman Ronnie Davis and his Democratic opponent, uh, Betsy Londrigan. A recent poll conducted by the Democratic firm GBA Strategies shows Londrigan trailing Davis uh, 49% to 48%, well within the margin of error of 4.4%. Do you see this district as part of the so-called blue wave anticipated uh, this midterm election? You know, I, I think this is going to be a competitive uh, district and a competitive race. You're seeing that. Lots of money is, is coming in uh, from from all areas of the country to this race. I think to his credit, you know, Congressman uh, Davis is someone who has, uh, I think, demonstrated a lot of experience in not only winning elections, which is crucial, but in being a, uh, a legislator, a congressman who is uh, very civil in how he approaches his job and very bipartisan in the manner in which he represents the district. I think that's why you're seeing a lot, you know, even though people are talking about blue waves and even though, even though the Democrats who drew this district several years ago, they drew it to favor a Democrat, even though that is the case, Congressman Davis has been able to win elections thus far, I think because of the way in which he approaches his job. Again, very pragmatic, very bipartisan, uh, very much removing some of the rhetoric that's out there. Uh, look, he's going to be in a, a nail-biter of a race. Uh, I don't think you bet against him. I think that uh, that he's going to be one of those that's going to withstand whatever this blue wave may be. But it's going to be because of the fact that he's worked hard and he's, uh, I think, represented his district very well. Time will tell if I'm right, um, but that's my, I suppose, prediction for the, for the time here. Excellent. Well, thank you, Senator. Um, again, we'd like to thank you for taking your time out to speak with us. Uh, and my last thing is, do you have any messages or message for Redbirds on campus? Well, besides, you know, homecoming's coming up, so you got to win that game, right? I mean, that's a, that's a crucial one. I'm sure that uh, the weather's supposed to be nice. Want to see a great game, and I want people to vote. You know, I I teach at ISU. I teach one one class a semester, state and local government class. Um, but I want uh, students. I don't care if they're Republican, Democrats. They haven't sorted it out yet. Uh, it's crucial that students vote and have their voice heard through that action. It's the it's the easiest thing that we can do to participate in the democracy that we have. And as much as you know, I have my preferences on candidates and policy issues, I'm very driven by the fact that young people need to, to learn early, that they should vote, and they should get involved in the political process and play a part in it. Because if they don't, all that's left is someone else making decisions for them, for which they may not agree with. So let's get out and vote. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Uh, excellent. Senator, thank you again for taking the time out to speak to me. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so I have eczema, and okay. the use of prednisone growing up, and in the last few years, uh, you had some reaction. Diagnosed me with avascular necrosis. Okay. So it's uh -huh. um, the tissue, the blood circulation to your hip tissue uh -huh. dies, so the hip bone dies as well. Uh -huh. So I have to do a double uh, hip replacement surgery in three weeks. Got it. Okay. It happens. Uh, it's a very rare, rare case. Yeah. At your age, you know, you're too young for a new hip. Yeah, hopefully, this day and age, that's kind of a yeah, I mean it's not routine, but it should be. They can get swap out some parts and maybe. That's interesting. I think it's going to last about twenty years, and then I'll have to get a replacement again. But yeah, for the time being, I mean, it's yeah. better than dealing with the pain I'm in right now. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Well, good luck. Sorry. Thank so, you. Yes. All right.
appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me over. Yes. Is this where the problems are solved then? <laughs>